So he says like that. We brought yesterday this thing. He has this weird thing of being Avada Meshamshim. So Shimshim Rafal Hirsch, who I promise would make an appearance here. First of all, Shimshim Rafal Hirsch, those of you who have not uh, discovered him yet, and you have to be at the right time of life uh, for different books and different people. You have to be in the right headspace to fully appreciate what it is that they're doing. And um, uh, having been in the world for a while now, and seen a lot of unhealthiness, to have someone who's so consistently and wonderfully healthy, uh, like Rav Shemshin Hirsch, despite knowing who he was, and the rub of a whole section of Europe, and, uh, like, and, and just to see someone that everywhere, every time he talks, it's, it's healthy and beautiful, and uh, what do you call it? It's so refreshing. And I think you appreciate it more, uh, the more you realize how special that is. Um, up to, he has a whole section of one of his things that's just a journal. In the collected writings, they have a journal that he kept on a trip that he took through Europe. So he's, 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 uh, he's, uh, he's writing out conversations he had with people on the boat and uh, thoughts he had, dreams that he had. He's a, he's a poet. He's just a, like a Renaissance man, kind of, uh, and it's all amazing. It's all just, uh, he's just one of those guys. You got to see like, where he lived. Yeah, and how many people do you get to see? How many Gudole Yisrael do you get to see their... Uh, like their journal. Yeah. What they're thinking. He's like, ah, oh, he's like writing to a friend. He's like, you know, you, built, you sent the letter to my house, but you think you're going to catch me at home? It's springtime. He's like, not a chance. He's like, I'm out. I'm out on the boat. I'm, out. I'm heading in. I'm going to go Why wander around Europe people? and visit people and, uh, and see Hashem's creation. And, uh, and uh, he like lived it. And just talk for talk. He actually went out and he's like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go engage this world. Why did you write it? Why I think I don't know. I'm happy he did. Maybe because of that. There's a dearth of those things. Like say for Chazanish, for example, from the Chazanish. Okay, so the Chazanish I think is one of those people that there's a very big gap between his public image and the actual person. If you're familiar with anyone who knows personal stories from the Chazanish. And at the very beginning of Sefer Chazanish, he gives you a glimpse for like a little bit, and then, and then it becomes the Sefer. Again, but if you, if you have any personal stories about the Chazanish, you guys have ever read Sefer? You guys ever learned Sefer Chazanish ever? One day, also has to be in the right time. But I'll tell you, the first part, in the first section of the book, he talks about how if you can get quiet for a minute inside, from all of your anxieties and, and fears and desires and things and have a quiet moment to contemplate what the heck is going on right here. He said, it'll blow your mind. You'll become obsessed with this mystery that is your existence. And he starts talking about the, the human body and how it's designed and how I have video cameras mounted in my face, like sent light sensors and how I have these sticks with sticks at the end so I can manipulate things and these other things that allow me to move, mobilize and move around and stuff. And he's just like, he's clearly mind-blown at the whole construction of the human body. And then he goes to the safer part, but it's, he got a little glimpse into like, where he's got to live. Uh, told me some stories about him, and he said uh, he had a plant in his office, a green plant, regular plant, and there was some shy that they came to it that was very complicated. And so he asked them if they could please remove the plant from his office, because it's too distracting. And it was always there. It wasn't like a new addition, but for him, that plant was loud. There was a lot going on in that plant. It was a whole experience. He's like, okay, we can't do it. It's not plant time. We're going to have to. These guys were very conscious and very happening and very, like, awestruck by the existence they were in. 
that they don't always, they don't let us in so much, right? You know, you hear all the halachic things and the, you know, all the what are called stories, but to see a little bit into Rabbi Tiger challenged Rabbi Green once. Rabbi Green was giving a talk something. Rabbi Green was very much like this, um, and he let you in uh, a little bit. He said, for Sneo's purposes, he only ever let us in a little bit, but he let us in a little bit to see a little bit of what the world looks like when you're conscious. And uh, he was making that point that that's what it is. And so Rabbi Tiger said, are you telling me that all the Gedul Yisrael are walking around with their minds blown all the time? He's like, yep. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Absolutely. So you get to see it a little bit. He used to take a shock to the beach and he'd sit for 15 minutes staring at it. And then they'd take him back to Yeshiva. Yeah, it really is. It's the, the world is overwhelmed. So that's what the Chazanish is saying. It's like you're so noisy inside, you don't notice. Like quiet down for a second and think about what's going on. It's a mystery. When, when did he die? Shem Shafal Hirsch? Chazanish not so long ago. Right? When was the Chazanish Nifter? Like 80s? No, no. There's a, people who went to visit him much, much later. 70s, I don't know. Shem Shafal Hirsch, turn of the century. He was around. Uh, like 1900, he was nifted a little bit afterwards. But anyway, so he says like this, and uh, you know, he says like this. Shim, we're talking about avoda. Shimush is different than avoda in the eyes of Chazal in the Torah. Okay, he's also a very language-oriented person at first. Okay, he has his own dictionary and stuff. He's one of those guys. Also, grammarian, linguist, poet, everything is. So he says like this. If you look through the literature on the word avoda, so we use avoda for very harsh stuff. Okay? There's a fantastic muscle from about to say that is no longer politically correct, so I'm not going to say it, but those of you that are in the know, you'll feel it in your head. Uh, avoda is for, for hard work. Okay? Avoda is avoda's parach. Avoda is what we did in Mitzrayim. They use the word avoda for that. Okay? Out in the fields, out in the thing, working uh, hard, backbreaking labor, that's avoda. Okay? It's also very impersonal, Avoda. Avoda is an impersonal work. It's your hired workers to build things for you, building pyramid, whatever the heck we did, silos, and I don't know what we did over there, and they try making bricks. It's hard work, and it's very impersonal, right? It's relationship-free. I don't have any relationship with the Arabs who built the, what do you call it, right? Who built the walls of the thing. No, it's just I paid you to build a wall, you build a wall. Right? That's Avoda. It's strong, and it's work, and it's not personal. Said Shimush, on the other hand, Mimashamesh somebody is a very different thing. Right? The Gemara talks about Shimush Tamidi Chachamim being a very big deal. An example that they give is washing his hands. Okay, now washing somebody, if you guys have never washed, I was uh, thought about it, but we're not going to do it. If you guys have never washed another person's hands, it's a very intimate moment. Uh, right? Try to wash somebody's hands that you don't know very well. Okay? It's not going to go. They're not, not going to go for it. Right? It uh, requires a certain level of relationship to wash another person's hands. Like Pesach, you know, you ever, you ever had the experience of somebody washing your hands for you? It's weird. Right? It's a little strange. Hmm? Right, you get, yeah, you're, no, you're already used to this. <laughs> Strangers washing your hands. But that's weird. Right? It's a weird thing. In a normal day-to-day affairs, having somebody wash your hands or carry your things for you, it's, uh, that, that's what Shemush is. Okay? Shemush uh, is, is not about the it's not a degree of work or a, or a, a difficulty of, of the task, not hiring you for a job. Shimush involves a relationship between the two of us. Okay? You're serving me, but it's a very intimate 
day to day, sort of, you're in my life, kind of fashion. So he says like this. He says that, uh, remember, Antigonus Ish, he also learns this way, Antigonus Ish Sofo is a parish of the Avoda idea. Okay? And the truth is that we, we preempted a lot of this when we spoke about Tvila. When we did that cheer, I already basically gave this talk. So I don't want, I'm not going to belabor the point here, but it really is coming from Antigonus. Okay? He's the one who introduced this idea. Okay? That the, the, the way that you're meant to relate. Remember, he's saying like this, for those of you that are not in on the Mishnah, He's saying that we need to be doing the Shimush, not Amanasa Kabo Pras, but Shiloh Amanasa Kabo Pras. Right? And he says like this. It's really two points in one. First of all, that the relationship with Hashem is not meant to be one of Avoda, as much as we talk about Avoda's Hashem. Okay? The, uh, 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 really, it's meant to be one of Shimush. Okay? And Shimush is where you have like a personal servant kind of thing. Okay? Not a hired worker. If you're a hired worker, so to tell a hired worker that you should work not on condition to get a reward is a ridiculous statement to make. Okay? I tell you, you should, uh, you should be happy to build the wall. Right? You should be, that's called slavery. Right? That's not called, that's not like, a, oh, and I built the wall, the kindness of my heart, I built these walls for what it's called. Nobody does that. It's, a, it's an illogical combination of things. To be doing avoda with no pras, it makes no sense. Okay, and that so the avoda pras relationship with Hashem is unfortunately, or whatever, not necessarily so unfortunately, uh, a kind of a natural move for people. But it indicates a distance. Okay, it indicates that there's there's Hashem over there somewhere, wherever he is in Hashem land. Okay, and in Shmei Shmei Morom something, he's in his on his throne doing God stuff. Okay, and he has these uh, he has this job for me to do. Rules I mean to keep job and I get paid. Okay, that is a relationship uh, with Torah mitzvot and a relationship to have with Hashem. It's the relationship of avoda amanasakabu pras. Okay, and that is something that we do. Right? That is uh, what we call lolishma. What we call a relationship of scharva onish. It's not bad, right? If it gets you doing the right thing, I'm all for it. Okay, Chazal are also uh, all for it as a developmental stage. But that's not really where you want to end up, okay? And what we're and what we're not saying, sort of first time, what we're not saying is, forget about the reward part, man. Stop thinking about getting paid. You're gonna do what you owe God, right? Build that wall, and no paycheck, right? Build that thing, do that work. What do you call it? No more pay. Stop thinking about the pay. What's wrong with you? So that, that's not. Uh, there is truth to that argument, by the way. But that's not the point here. First, just saying you have to shift your relationship, shift your concept of what, what, these, uh, what this avoda is into the world of Shemosh, and at that point, it would be illogical for you to be thinking about a pras. Okay? We're shifting it. If you can shift to a relationship model, instead of the relationship of boss and uh, employee, right, of overseer and, and worker, whatever the avoda relationship is, move it into a Shemosh relationship where there's an actual intimacy to this thing, and then... You can, uh, at a certain point of relationship, pras doesn't make any sense anymore. Okay, let me give you, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little, what do you call it, but I'll make it very practical. So remember, in Avoda, we were talking about tefillah. Okay, that was the Avoda, for us, that the Nomor Korbanos, right? Tefillah is what, what, was, what was referred to by Shemar Atzalik when he spoke about Avoda, from the Muslim Mepharshim. So, let's use tefillah as the model for this thing, okay? Davening to get stuff is great. Like I said, I'm all for it. 
Okay? If it gets you to Davin, we have a corner there in Bana, Mitzvah, Daraisa, if you're having a hard time to turn to Hashem, Adavim, Melchus, you've shown him where the Mitzvah of Tefillah is, according to Ramban, it's when something hits, when you have a struggle or a difficult time, to turn to Hashem and Davin as a Mitzvah, Daraisa. Okay? As opposed to some daily thing. The Rambam holds once a day. According to Ramban, that's what it is, and of course you should do that. If you guys are having stress or trouble or anything, and specifically, anytime emotions are high, turn to Hashem. That's the best place to put. That's where you're supposed to put your feelings. Okay, into that uh, thing. Grab for Hashem to help you. So sure, if you have your money problems, go there. If you have another kind of problems, go there. Of course, you should ask Hashem to help you out in things. But, okay, so I hope everyone can identify. If you've ever had a, a good davening experience, okay? I mean, not an everyday thing, maybe a Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, something where you like legit connected with whatever's going on, okay? The words meant something to you. The experience meant something to you. It's very powerful. If you haven't had it, so Hashem bless you that you should have it soon. Mm-hmm. And if you have, so you know what I'm talking about. It's an extreme, to actually daven is an extremely powerful experience, okay? It can move you uh, very much so. To think about getting paid for that is so ridiculous. Okay? I would have paid for that. Right? If I could have put 100 shekels in the thing to guarantee I'm going to have a good money yesterday, I would do it every time. Right? It's, it, it, is, it is, that connection is amazing. I don't need to get paid. It, it's like silly at that point to think about getting paid for the thing that I would have paid to have because it was such an incredible experience. Okay? People do pay money to have those kind of connective experiences. They just use different means Okay, then Tefillah, they pay lots of money to have that kind of thing, right? To, to connect to something larger than themselves, right? People pay all kinds of money for such a thing, okay? The fact that I got to do it, and now I'm going to get schar for the davening, like, you do. That's what's crazy. It's a mess where you're going to get paid for the Shemar Esri that you just had, okay? But would you think about that? Would you be like, oh, I can't wait to get paid for that one. It was awesome. Knock that Shemar Esri out of the park. Dude, payday is going to be amazing for this thing. You wouldn't even have those thoughts. It just sounds like nonsense because the experience was its own payment. Right? It's not a, there, there was no need, no need to pay me, sir. That was payment enough. I would accept that actually as payment for work that I did. And the payment is more than the enjoyment which you got out of it. Meaning, when I'm you mean to get for that far more than the feeling after Good. Which makes it even more exciting. Yeah. Excellent. So, so what Refresh is trying to say is, that's how everything could be. Okay? We're not there. Let's be honest with ourselves. Okay? Even in the dominant world where it's easiest to see, for me, at least for sure, I, I see some people are consistently having an experience in Shemar Esrei, and uh, I'm jealous, to be honest with you. I'm not consistent. I'm very inconsistent. I go long stretches of time with... Uh, Davening being a very not satisfying experience. Okay? I touch the deficit disorder, whatever it is. Okay? And then uh, periodically, Hashem blesses me, and it's very, or maybe I get my act together and I want to look at it. Okay? And it's nice. Elul or Shem Kippur, those are times that were uh, very special to me. Shabbos is a little easier, you know? But I'm not, uh, I'm not one of those guys who's gotten down some consistent system. So, but even by davening, it's, it's, uh, for sure, for me, somewhat inconsistent. But and in our vote in general, I'm for sure, we're sure, for sure uh, uh, 
not necessarily having that experience. That kind of intimate connection when I'm putting on my tefillin or sitting down to learn or, or, uh, or any of the millions of mitzvahs that we do every day, to have those in the realm of shimush is something that even in some of them it's hard for us to imagine even, let alone actually be there. But what Refersh is promising us, what he says in Tigganus Yusuf is promising us is that that's possible. That it's possible to live in a world where all the mitzvahs you're doing are actual interactions between you and Hashem and that sense of connection intimacy that you get in the good, in the good davenings, in the ones where there's closeness and actual interaction where you feel like you're actually talking to somebody, which is an overwhelming experience, that really is what mitzvahs could be. That's what they were meant to be. Right? The, the offer there was for a relationship of shimush, not for a voda where you have, Hashem's getting you to do stuff and I'll send you a paycheck. That's where we live now because we're distant and what are we going to do? Right? Between the, the Yetzer and the world, we've gotten knocked out here. But this is what it could be. So Antigonus Yisoko is saying that try to become, try to, that's the direction you need to move in. Okay? You need to move in that. And just like you know that being a, 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 anyone who's Mishamr, someone like the Kabbal Pras, is saying it's just so ridiculous. The whole idea, you would never be that guy. Right? Not give it up, not work hard and don't get paid. Right? That's not what anybody's saying. We're just saying there's a play, there's a relationship with a voter that you can get to, where it won't be almanasa kabbalas anymore. Okay, you, you you wouldn't be that guy. Right? It's moving. Don't give up on the pras, but shift the type of a voter that you're doing into a different headspace where process stop making sense. Okay, that is the reverse's approach. And like I said, how can you not love reverse? I don't know. He does things like that consistently, pretty much everywhere. Right? Those kind of maneuvers. So he says, but what's the end? So this we, uh, we also spoke about. My wife was in Tzfat, and she saw a guy walking around mumbling to himself, talking to his Abba. All the time. He's talking to his Abba. Right? He's like, oh, Abba. I don't know what he was talking about. But at one point she hears him, he's like, oh, Abba, oh, that's such a nice car. Oh, Abba, give me a car like that. Oh, you should get me a car. That was his, uh, where he was going. So, what, what happened, uh, okay, the guy's mentally ill. He's using him as a, as a he's not a shita. That guy's just, uh, just not well. But says her first, the danger of this is, is we have a rule in, uh, in uh, psychology about familiarity breeding contempt. Right? That as you get more familiar and you get more relationshipy with a person, so your natural uh, awe and fear of the person starts to lower. Right? Just by exposure and by having it be something that's... It's much easier when you were in a voda land and Hashem's this big thing that's too big for you and you're trying to do his job so you get paid. It's actually, in a sense, easier to maintain a, a, a yira and a thing of Hashem because he's... But now that he's in your world interacting with you in a more intimate sense, it, it, it runs the danger of Hashem becoming smaller. We spoke about this, but just it's coming from the Mishnah, according to Refersh. You're in the danger of having an Abba get you a new car, okay? And Hashem being turned into some kind of, uh, you know, personal fairy godmother, guardian angel type of creature, which he's not. He really is whatever you thought he was. He really is beyond your wildest imaginings. And really, it should be overwhelming that he pays any attention to you, okay? It, it, that, it was, but he is paying attention to you. So you need to embrace that, in a sense, and have it be that my, my, my day... And the events that are transpiring, this is what I'm doing, really are about me and Hashem. There's something happening, but careful. Careful. Not to, imagine you're hanging out with Rabbi Tiger all day. Okay? You guys are on a trip together. Okay? So you're going to be more buddy-buddy. 
and goes on because you're thinking uh, whatever it is. So careful, careful. We see exactly that that gets uh, he's not your buddy. I'll tell you. The Gemara says Reyecha is coming to be uh, to exclude things that are hectic. All right, he's not your friend. All right, he's not your buddy. There's no close relationship you could possibly have, but there's a it's a it, it, there's a maturity to it to be able to have Hashem stay big and yet stay connected to you. It's not an easy dance. Right? One way or the other would have been easier. Either have the big Hashem and I'm doing a voda and, and we're not really connected, or have a connected Hashem and He's a little God that lives in my world with me. But to have the big God living in my little world right, is a difficult... To feel the connection and the kindness and the love and at the same time have the awe uh, of this thing that, that is uh, beyond me is not a... Right? It takes a mature individual to have those two feelings. But Antigonus is saying that's what a voda should look like. Okay? A voter should be that mix. It's a humbling mix of uh, that I, I'm, I'm in a, a, the, the most intimate relationship possible with this God who I, I still, every day I can't understand why it's happening. Every day it just blows my mind that this is taking place. Right? It's like, you know those people who can't, who can't believe that their wives are, are, are with them? Like, I don't know what, it's rare that you see people appreciating, <laughs> appreciating the marriage, but like those guys who know that they don't deserve this lady... Uh, you see it periodically. You find a guy who knows that this is not right. Okay, that there's no reason why I should have a wife this good. It's a rare thing, but you do still see it uh, now and again. If you haven't seen it, okay, maybe you'll have it at that point. You're saying it's like that with every marriage. It's just not everyone's aware. I didn't say that at all. I said it's very rare to see. <laughs> so sometimes it's the other way around. Uh, so yeah. And so those guys, that's they, they got it. Every day they wake up, they can't believe that this is happening. This right? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. So that, that kind of attitude, what a great, and what a great place to live. As opposed to, you know, people look at the Mishnah, it's like, oh, you're not allowed to think about the reward, and you have to be in fear, and uh, what do you call it? It can be like a very, uh, you know, classic Musri kind of thing. And instead, like, think about the picture that he's painting. Uh, what, a, what an incredible place to live. A place where you literally can't believe your luck every day, right? You're just humbled by the fact that any of this is taking place, and that all your mitzvahs and avoda are all actually a relationship between you and your Creator, and then, and just uh, you're you're gonna end up with the chazanish, being uh, your mind blown by your own experience every day. That sounds awesome, right? It's not a bad thing. He's getting you out of your whole let's work for a paycheck mode. That's so lame, so lame and dull. Right into a place that's much more exciting and uh, and full of really big feelings like love and awe and these things. It's a crazy place to be, right? And that's uh, that's where we're meant to get to. It says Antigonus. Why do we call it like Right? Yeah, a good question. According to this, I love it. He d- yeah, okay. It's a good question. You remind us like what we're supposed to be doing. Well, yeah. So he he said it. We have one guy said it. Why is everyone referred to as a voter session? Yeah, I hear you. Maybe a voter is a more general category that includes. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna say no because Rabbi Krieger yelled at me yesterday, mm-hmm. and I've now multiple times kept you from the translator. So I'm going to uh, bid you adieu. This is 401. Because I don't want to get yelled at again. You're gonna do it. 